Pastor John, I want to take a few moments to let you know that we have a connection card in your queue. And if you're a guest with us, if you could take a few moments to fill that out, you'll notice that we have a pen there and a card. We just want to be able to connect with you if you're a guest with us. And we want to, first of all, welcome you. We're glad that you're here with us today. And also, of course, if you're not aware, but many are aware here in this place, on the back is also a place for praise reports and prayer requests. And we take these prayer requests on Wednesday nights, and we pray over them, and we want to be able to believe with you. We've seen a lot of answers to prayer from Wednesday night prayer. And I want to just take you out, you know, you can take a few moments to fill out a prayer request. At the end of service, you can take this card and drop it right in the offering box just on your way out. And uh, we'll be able to pass these out on Wednesdays and pray for them. You can give as much detail as you would like. If you don't want to be detailed, that's okay, too. And there's a place that you can have it just for confidential for leadership only, so it's not going to go out to everybody. But we are a praying church. We're a church that believes in the power of prayer, and we want you to be able to feel and pray with you, you know? So take a few moments to fill that out this morning, and again, we want to welcome you. I also want to let you know there's going to be a Christmas Eve service at 5 p.m. here at uh, Heritage Christian Church, and we're actually doing a combined service with Freedom. Uh, and so if you are inclined to do the Christmas Eve service, then this uh, will be right here in the sanctuary, and we we'll encourage you to come out. It's at 5 p.m., so if you do have family things, you could probably still come to that and, and make it to your family event. Uh, but we just want to let you know that we have that coming up. So this morning we start a new series over this Christmas season, and this series is called The Best Gift Ever. Can anyone remember something that you really, really wanted for Christmas? And you kind of hounded your parents and kept bringing it up to your parents. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember what it was? What was it? Go ahead. A Shirley Temple doll. Okay. Who else? I wanted a newborn baby alive. A newborn baby alive, which she still has, so you got it. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else remember anything? No? So for me, when I was a teenager in middle school, I wanted what every teenage boy at that time wanted, a Nintendo game system. Uh, in this original Nintendo game system, it included two games, Mario Brothers, you may have heard of it, and Duck Hunt, where you shoot ducks on the screen with a little pistol. But that's not really the game I wanted when I wanted the system. What I really wanted was a game called Tecmo Bowl. And this was a football game. You can take your team to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. And it was an interesting game. And of course, graphics back then compared to what they are today is kind of little blocks that you're playing. And it was interesting. They didn't, they didn't even have licensed NFL team names. But they all were Pittsburgh or Cleveland. They, but they couldn't call them Browns. And they had even a player's last names. So it was just like the NFL. But anyway, so you can, you can play that game. For me, there was a, a guy named Bo Jackson. Back at that time, he played running back for the Raiders. That you literally could run backwards all the way to the end zone and then run the other way. I was just trying to run out my stats, trying to give him lots of yards. So I could run into the end zone and then all the way back to get the touchdown to build up the stats for Bo Jackson. And of course, I waited for that gift, like we all did, hoping that we had done enough, or you had done enough, I had done enough, to convince my parents that this was the right gift to purchase for me. Kind of like the popular movie that many of you see around Christmas time called A Christmas Story, where Ralphie 
Asked for an official Red Ryder car carbine action, 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass and a stock and this thing that tells time. <laughs> but what do you really want, right? Of course, what's the what's the common refrain to that request for the gift? You'll shoot your eye out, right? <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid, right? So Christmas came, and I did get that Nintendo game system with the Tech Mobile game, so I can run up all the stats on my players. So the wait was over. I finally got what I wanted. And when we think about Christmas time, it's a great time to remember the past, to remember those things that we once wanted. But also it's a good time to remember the waiting, the expectation that always seems to accompany this time of year. You know, when you're a kid, especially, you're waiting. You just can't wait for Christmas Day. Now, some Christmases have good memories. Maybe for some of us, Christmases have some bad memories. Maybe it's some not so good ones. Or maybe it's a mix of both for all of us. But part of the Christmas experience is in the waiting. It's in the waiting. And in a world where so much is instant, in a world where we can get things shipped next day, when we order them online today and get it tomorrow, waiting is a way for us all to slow down to remember what God has done for us. Waiting is a time to slow down and back up just for a moment. And we look to the future, we look to this year, we look to the past and what he's done, but also what he will do for us. There's some expectation there as we come into this season. And the first point this morning is that there is struggle in the waiting. There is struggle in the waiting. Now for me, hope was alive in me. I hoped that I would get a new Nintendo. Right? I hoped for it. There was a mix of excitement, but also the fear that I may not get what I really wanted. The reality is, we live in a culture that doesn't wait. We want it delivered tomorrow, we want it done now, we want it instantly. But for the people of Israel, they placed their hope in a coming Messiah. And as a people, they faced slavery, they faced persecution, they faced wars, they faced being controlled by other nations, and they even faced exile as they were brought to foreign lands. But they were looking for a Messiah that would do away with all of that and make things right. How many of you can feel that today when you look at our world? Lord, I'm just waiting for you to come and make things right. I'm weary and tired. You see, they were ruled by a very powerful Roman Empire, one that seemed impossible to defeat. But in their memories, even in the waiting, they remembered prophecies from Isaiah. There were many prophecies we could go through this morning. But these messiahs told of one that was to come, that would help them in their struggle, that would help hold them out of their struggle. Yet, here they were, still waiting, still waiting on the Messiah. This is the attitude, this is the heart, this is the circumstances surrounding the birth of Christ, the people in that, in that region. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look! The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah 9, 6-7 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called 
wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Now it's important to understand that from the time of these prophecies, where they began to look and they were looking for this Messiah for several hundred years, around 400 years, that they had waited 400 years for this Messiah that was prophesied to come. And there was this long-expected Messiah that would come and finally free them from the clutches of Rome, from the chains that Rome held around their wrists. And they had the hope that the Messiah would come as was prophesied. They had waited for so long, but they had struggles along the way. They struggled in that season. And this Christmas, we remember the coming of the Messiah the first time, but we also await the Messiah to come and to make things right again. The second coming. See, there's still a struggle in the waiting. There's still this knowing that there's something yet to come. And even now, we await his return. This time, he's not coming to save, but he's coming to judge. I want to say this about that. If you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, and you've welcomed him in, then you don't have to fear this judgment. I think sometimes Christians can be fearful of this. But for those who have not, they'll face judgment. And God is a righteous judge, as we just read. It says he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne. When we think of waiting for his return, so in this season we celebrate the first coming. But we also are well aware of the second coming, our return of Jesus Christ. In 2 Peter verses 3, verses 3 through 4, chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. It says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scholars will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. And skipping down to verse 8, but, you're not, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. See, whether we're talking about the gifts you want, whether we're talking about the long wait that the people of Israel had to wait for their Messiah to come, or whether you're talking about the second coming of Christ, we all know, and know from experience, how many emails can I get from that? We all know from experience that there is struggle in the waiting, that life is not perfect, that we go through battles, and we continue to struggle, and there's struggle in the waiting. The second thing we learn in this season 
is what the great theologian Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones said. You can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. But you get what you need. You get what you need. You can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. Have you ever looked back at your life and recognized that the things that you asked for and you thought you needed, you had to have it, were really not that important at all? You see, as the years go by and you mature and you learn what is truly important in life, the other things just begin to fade. They, they become a lot less important than they used to be. Or maybe you're the opposite. You get that thing you wanted, and it was good for a time, but now you want something else. You want the newest. The newest version of it. You buy the new car, and of course, the next year they come out with the, a new model. You know, things are fun and when they're new. And it's fun for a time, and it brings temporary joy. But once that joy fades, the question is, what are we left with? I will tell you what I was left with. So my Nintendo, over time, began to not work. And if any of you, how many have ever owned this Nintendo I'm talking about? Okay. Something's not working right. What do you do? You take the cartridge out and you... You blow it. You blow it. You try to blow any dust out that's in there. And then you put it back in and you slam it down and you slam it down and you slam it down again. And maybe it will work. And if it doesn't, you take it back out and repeat. Steps as necessary. I think that was in the official book, wasn't it? In the instruction manual. If it's not working correctly, blow out the cartridge. So that's what I was left with. Why? Because things don't last forever. Things are things. Matthew 6, 19-21 reminds us, Jesus reminds us of this in the book of Matthew. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You see, the things of this world can bring temporary happiness. Maybe even a sense of joy. Especially when you do get what you wanted. And you know, it's okay to enjoy those things. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the things that God has blessed us with. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a gift. That's not what I'm trying to say this morning. But that's, we all know that that's not where true joy comes from. It's just stuff. It will come and go. Philippians 4, 18-19. This is Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. He says, at the moment I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me from Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. And this same God who takes care of me will supply your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying here, I have everything that I need. And I know that God's going to bless you because you helped me. You see, when we give to God, whether it be tithes and offerings or time, or we give to help people in need, we believe according to the Bible, that God will take care of our needs. That God will bless us and take care of our needs. Maybe not our every want, but he will take care of our needs. 
And the people of Israel, they thought that they knew what they wanted. Just like some of us thought we knew exactly what we wanted and what we needed. They wanted a Messiah. A Messiah that would free them from Roman oppression. A Messiah that would be on the side of the religious leaders. A Messiah that would become an earthly warrior king, like King David was. He would rule in power and military might. But the same phrase goes for them. You can't always get what you want. But you get what you need. You see, they needed a different kind of savior than what they thought they needed. One that would come in the flesh and live among his people. One that would save them from the oppression of sin. One that would be on the side of the orphans and the widows and the sinners and the lame and the deaf and the blind and the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the party animals and the lepers. The people on the fringe of society. That's who he came for. They needed a Messiah that was going to be a warrior king of a kingdom not of this world. And one that would defeat sin, hell, and the grave once and for all. This is what they needed. This is what we need. And this is what we received in Christ Jesus at his birth when he came to die for us. My story is that I did in fact get that Nintendo, of course I said that. But less than a year later, we lost everything in our home to a fire. And that Nintendo was melted to the floor of what was left of it. And everything else we had. I never did replace that Nintendo. But it just taught me to hold on to things loosely. Things are easily taken away by fire, moth, rust, theft, or some even divorce. Things can be taken away. But hold tightly to the things that will last forever in heaven. Family, friends, the people we know, the people that we've witnessed to, the people that we've shared our faith with that will enter into heaven with us because of our testimony, because of our faith, because of our evangelism, because of our sharing the good news. I think many of us can testify that we can't always get what we want, but we do get what we need. Because God is faithful. It's Christmas. Can we celebrate the coming of Christ the first time while also awaiting the second coming? See, we know that there's a struggle in the waiting, but can we find hope and joy even in the struggle? Even in this season of struggle, as we wait for the things that we want, even as we wait with expectation, can we continue and can we have that hope and joy that only he can give, despite what our circumstances look like? And can we spend time with family and friends, even in this struggle? Can we look for opportunities to share the true meaning of Christmas, not to beat people over the head with it, but to lovingly share what Christmas is truly about? And who it is about. This Christmas, can we get past our consumer mentality and recognize things for what they are? Things that will not last. Let's hold loosely to the things that in the end do not matter. And hold tightly to the things that do. Say that again. Let's hold loosely to the things that in the end do not matter. And hold tightly to the things that they do. When you do this, I begin, I, I, I believe that you're going to come into the Christmas season with a different lens. And I believe that you're
you will have the best gift ever this Christmas season. Let's pray. Lord, in the busyness of this Christmas season, help us to celebrate the coming of your Son to save us from our sin. Let us celebrate the Word made flesh that dwelt among us. Help us to remember that though there may be struggle in the waiting, you have called us to be a light to the world around us. And even as there's struggle in the waiting, there can still be joy. Help us to remember what is truly important about this season. Keep that front and center in our minds as we go throughout this year, as we go through Christmas what this season is truly about. Every head still bowed and eye closed. You may be listening this morning, maybe you're watching online, or you're here in this room, and you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ. But this morning, maybe you're ready to make that decision to follow him. See, Jesus came as a baby to this earth. He came for the broken, the weary, the down and out became for you and for me. If you're already asking to be a part of your life, all you have to do is ask. He will make you new and he will give you joy that no person or circumstance can take away. So Jesus Christ came on this earth and he came to die for us. And he died on a cross as a sacrifice for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be cleansed. And we come just, as we sang earlier, we come just as we are. We don't try to fix ourselves first and try to clean it up ourselves first. We come just as we are, in perfect sinfulness. And none of us are sinless. But we rely, rely on God's grace this morning. But not only did he die, he rose again to new life. And we can also rise to new life as God begins to change us. And what a better way to begin this Christmas season than to give your life to the one that this season is all about. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, or you need to renew that relationship, today is the day to do that. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Start out this season right. Just say a simple prayer with me this morning. You don't have to say it out loud. Just say it in your heart. The words aren't magical. All that really matters is that you mean the word you say. Say, Lord, I believe you died for my sins. Today I'm giving my life over to you. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new right now and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to know that if you prayed that prayer, please let us know in the chat if you're watching online or if you put it in the there's a little checkbox on the connection card just to let us know that you prayed that prayer this morning. We're going to be able to connect with you in that way. And I also want to encourage you to download version onto your phone. It's an app. It's a free app. There's been over 500 million downloads of the version app. That way I encourage you to go in there and search for devotions and once Paul first step for new believers. If you said that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to take the first step of faith and begin to grow your faith by going through that devotion. Of course, if you're 
watching from far away, please find a church that's close by that's teaching God's word that you can continue to grow in your faith. If you're here in this area, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10 a.m. That's the congregation to stand as we prepare to close this morning. In this season, I believe that it's important to remember where we stand and what we stand for and what we believe. And we're going to read a statement of faith together this morning that has been around since the 3rd century. Many of you have heard of it. It's called the Apostles' Creed. And as we say this, the great thing about the Apostles' Creed is that it's not just for us personally, and it's not just for us here in this church, but this is a creed that has been stated for generations and generations. All throughout history, from the 3rd century on, People who have believed in Christ have stated this. And what we're saying this morning connects with what they said several years ago, a long, long time ago. <laughs> and it connects us to people here in this present time as well as history. It, it's also in your worship guide if you can't quite read the screens. And then they'll put it in there for you as well. Let's read it together. This is, a, this is the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father, Almighty Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, one holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God bless you as you go into this season. Remember what we believe continue to keep him at the center. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.